Welcome to another episode of Broadway Brains. Sorry, this is Lucy Domingo here, and I just had an interview with Kate Lopress, and it was so much fun. And she shares my obsession with crystals and rocks because crystals and rocks are so cool. And she has a ton of Broadway credits and theater credits that I really think you should take the time to check out. But if you want to check them out, and I hope you feel really inspired listening to this episode. Bye. Hi! Hi! How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm going to drink my iced tea. <laughs> it's raspberry. Yum. Yum. Where are you? In Arizona? Yeah. I am just near Sedona in a town called Flagstaff. Are you in Flagstaff? That's one of my favorite towns. <laughs> yeah. I just came back from Sedona and now we're just kind of chilling through quarantine. Oh, yeah? Were you there for a long time? Uh, I'm not sure the exact date, but kind of. Yeah, just a couple, just a little bit of time to mm. kind of get away. Yeah. That sounds good. I feel such great vibrational energy in those places. I, I collect rocks, like gems, like gemstones and stuff. So mm-hmm. I always want to take my gemstones to Sedona or Flagstaff, <laughs> so I'm very jealous of you. Yeah, there was this like crystal shop or like a crystal vortex shop in Sedona and I got some there. Look at all my crystals. I sit here with all <laughs> my crystals. What kind of crystals did you get? Do you know what they are? I got an opalite. You got opalite? Yeah. I have one of those. <laughs> yeah. So are you, you're in Chicago right now, right? I am north of Chicago. I'm in a, a town called Deerfield, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's referred to as the North Shore of Chicago. Um, and that's where I grew up. I'm in my parents' house. Yeah. My mom, she had a master's in Evanston there. So, Oh, at Northwestern? Yeah. Yeah, I was born at Evanston Hospital. Nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So are you ready to start? Yeah, ready whenever you are. Ooh, I'm, okay. so, I'm so excited <laughs> and nervous about this all day. Will I say the right things? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, um, kind of adding on to that, if you like want to reshoot anything or like ask me to edit anything out, just tell me and I'll make note of it. Oh, okay, so, cool. <laughs> so my first question is, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Kayla Prest. Uh, I was born here in Chicago, in the, in, in the Chicago area, and I started doing professional theater when I was 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, you know, grew up taking classes, dance classes and singing and acting classes with all my friends. And then at 15, I got the opportunity to be in a professional show. And I remember getting the call that they wanted me to do it and thinking about it in the car with my mom. Like, did I want to continue like being a normal kid or did I want to do this like professional play? And Mm -hmm. I decided that it's what I want to do. And my parents were super cool with that. And after that, uh, an agent saw me in Chicago Mm-hmm. And so I started kind of this dual life a little bit where I would go to high school and then some days I would leave halfway through the day and go to an audition or mm-hmm. go to rehearsal or something like that. Um, and doing that first play, I met somebody who said, if you want to go to college for musical theater, which is what I was mm-hmm. into, I did a, uh, the first play I did was a musical called Violet. Mm-hmm. And they said, then you got to go to the school at the University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I said, cool, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> and I applied and I auditioned at Michigan and I got in. 
Mm -hmm. So then I spent four years in Ann Arbor doing that program and having the best time ever. And after that, I graduated and I moved to New York City, where I've been for about 15 years ever since, based out of there. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've been all over the United States. I've been to Canada to work um, and all these imaginary places that we get to go when we work on plays and musicals and shows and (laughs) all the random stuff that I've gotten to do in the industry. And that's a little about me. Yeah. One thing about University of Michigan in Chicago, there's like the Great Lake, Lake Michigan in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were passing by it one time and we, my mom was like, across there, that's Michigan. Yeah, you can see it. Um, it's cool when you fly, when you get on the right airplane and you fly to Chicago, you have to go over Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. So you can, and you're going to land pretty soon because Lake Michigan's not that big. <laughs> so you, you see that you're like, Overland, over water, and then you fly straight over the city of Chicago. You, I like fly all over, fly over all my favorite buildings and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, I, I, that's my favorite part of the flight is seeing mm-hmm. that, seeing Lake Michigan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how did you kind of start performing from your young age? Um, I think I think I did the same thing that a lot of kids do, where I just started with dance class. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I watched a lot of movies when I was a kid, like. We watched The Sound of Music a lot. Like, we watched uh, lots of Disney movies. So there was always kind of singing and dancing going on in my house. And I had this basement that I played in as a kid from morning to night. And I had a big imagination. So moving from, like, big imagination to my base in my basement to um, taking dance classes and singing and acting classes was kind of like a straight shot (laughs) for me. My parents put me in that dance class and that was the right thing to do Mm -hmm. Um, because I saw that I liked it. And that's kind of how I started getting involved with the arts. And then new opportunities would come up, like auditioning for a community theater um, or um, auditioning for this thing that we had in our area. It was called the Traveling Troop, Mm -hmm. which was a bunch of kids between sixth and ninth grade that were, um, that we would, perform together uh, Mm -hmm. out of this theater called the Apple Tree Theater in Highland Park, Illinois, which is where I did my first professional show at 15. So it all kind of stemmed from taking classes and getting more and more involved. And then like a lot of us taking classes at a theater. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how they sourced their young people to be in their shows. Yeah. Yeah. So how was it like going to college for musical theater? You know, um, musical theater, there's, um, there's, there's a lot of people who like it, mm-hmm. but it's, 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 uh, there's not a lot of people who pursue it necessarily at these big colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, I just want to say that I'm really grateful to my parents when I was like, I want to be a musical theater actor. They said, we want you to do what we, what we want you to do. And, you know, because I started acting professionally when I was 15, I kind of like had a different growing up than people and I felt a little bit different and a little bit of an outsider. Mm -hmm. And so when I auditioned for the university of Michigan before I was even, before they told me I could attend the school, um, I remember showing up for the dance audition first thing in the morning and everybody was like me for the first Mm -hmm. time in my life. Everybody knew all the words to all the songs, to all the musicals. Everybody loved 
the dancing and and had this spirit to want to sing and dance at the same time. And that is the first time that I felt like I actually belonged mm-hmm. somewhere um, with people my age. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a wonderful time for me. It's kind of like uh, the story of the, the ugly duckling who actually was a swan. Mm-hmm. I was a swan. (laughs) Yeah, and one thing that is also really cool is even before college, you already had the, like, experience of professional theater, so you could even take that after college. Yeah, um, a lot of, not a lot of, but a lot of young professional people kind of come to the University of Michigan sometimes, Mm -hmm. so, um, or to these various schools, Cincinnati Conservatory, Uh, Carnegie Mellon, Mm -hmm. all these schools. So um, you would see all the kids like waiting to audition in the hall and the Mm -hmm. kids that were already in the program would walk down the hall and be like, let us see your resume. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember someone who I'm friends with saying, are you the girl that was on the fame tour? And I was like, people who are on the fame tour are auditioning to be in this school. I'll never get into the school, (laughs) you know? Um, I don't know who she was, but she didn't go to our school. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So now kind of moving on, what was your kind of first, like, professional theater case out of college? Out of college, so I'm from Chicago, like we've Mm -hmm. talked about, and I grew up doing professional theater in Chicago. So I always kind of thought that I would come back to Chicago and work as a Chicago actor because that's who I knew, Chicago actors. Mm -hmm. Um, But with Michigan, the emphasis is, not the emphasis, but they streamline you to have this amazing senior showcase in New York City where New York casting directors and agents and producers see you. So, um, and that's what I did. That's what I wanted to do and follow through on that and showcase in New York. That was a big deal for me. Um, and these agents were interested in me (laughs) and I really had to make a choice and say, do I want to be a New York actor or do I want to be a Chicago actor? Mm -hmm. Because if I wanted to be a Chicago actor, I could have done that. Um, but my parents were really supportive and they said, we think you should just go and try. We think you should go and try. And if you Mm -hmm. don't like it, you can always change your mind. And I'm really thankful that they did because I went to New York Mm-hmm. I moved to New York to sublet an apartment with two suitcases. <laughs> the girl who lived in the apartment above me, um, I knew her. She was a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. So I felt like when I would hear her come in at night from her bartending gig, I would be like, oh, Melissa's home. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Now, I, now I feel good. Um, in a very safe neighborhood, but it was just mm-hmm. nice to have somebody that I knew so close to me. And I um, had already been auditioning for Wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually auditioned for Wicked in Chicago originally because I was on my spring break and home. Yeah. And um, throughout that fall, when I moved to New York in August, I think I auditioned three or four more times for Wicked and got a call to come in one more time the day before I was leaving for Thanksgiving to mm-hmm. come back to Chicago. So I went in and I auditioned and I called my agent on the phone at the airport the next morning and I said, you don't think they need me to stay, do you? He said, no, 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 you've done everything you can do. We're just waiting now. I said, okay. So I got on the plane and I flew home to Chicago. I got off the plane. I turned on my phone and my agent called and said, you didn't leave yet, did you? (laughs) So they flew me back to New York the next day to re-audition again for Steven (laughs) Schwartz who wrote Wicked, Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and uh, I had to do that final step. So I got back on the plane the next day and I flew back home that night. And then it was Thanksgiving. So the whole industry shut down <laughs> for about another week or 10 days. Mm -hmm. Even when I got back to New York, I was sitting there like, am I going to get this offer? I flew all the way back. I did all this stuff. And I, my mom said, I think you need to leave your house (laughs) and go, (laughs) go somewhere. So I went to Macy's in Herald Square. Mm -hmm. She said, go look for something for me to buy you for Christmas. So it was around Thanksgiving and I, you know, beginning of December, so go to Macy's and Herald Square. So I went to Macy's and Herald Square and I was trying on some things that were way, way, way too expensive. (laughs) And, um, I got the phone call that they had offered me the understudy for Galinda and Nessa in Wicked in the (laughs) Chicago company of Wicked. And I was in the dressing room and I screamed (laughs) in Macy's. So the ladies all came running because they thought something was wrong. But what was so great about that is that I got to come back to Chicago and mm-hmm. be here. Um, and my whole family got to see it. My my grandparents who have now passed away, they all got to see it because this was about 15 years ago now. Mm-hmm. My family got to be there the first time I went on for everything. And I'm so, um, it's such a cool circular like I had to leave Chicago to come back to Chicago Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was so funny I had to come home just like Dorothy Gale did yeah Mm -hmm. how was it like being in Wicked because it's quite an like an uh original classic kind of show and Mm -hmm. how was it like being the understudy of two roles not just one so if you're the understudy for two roles in Wicked and you Mm -hmm. have an ensemble role that you're on for all the time, I was always busy. I was always doing something. If there was an understudy rehearsal on Thursdays and Fridays, I was also there on Thursdays and Fridays. It got to the point where I could do so many more roles than I really even (laughs) needed to do. But that was good for me because I like being busy Mm -hmm. and um, I like being part part of the part of the team that can kind of like help out. I, I think I, th- I think and I know two things about myself as I get older and I've discovered and I think are true. And one of them is that I'm a helper. Mm-hmm. And so that made me happy being a, being an understudy for those two roles. It is pretty nerve wracking when you're in the middle of a show and someone says to you, hey, Kate, you're on. Mm-hmm. And you look at them, and you go, I know I'm on. I already did the first act. What are you talking <laughs> about? And they're like, no, you're on for you're on for Glinda in five minutes, she just called out. She's sick. She doesn't feel good. So change out of your Emerald city costume and go put on the Glinda costume right now. You're doing act two. (laughs) It's a little like getting shot out of a cannon. There's no preparation for that. That they're really like, I went through great training at the university of Michigan. There is no, (laughs) there is no class on being an understudy um, or being a swing or something like that. Um, but it was, um, it was a really great, informative first job out of college situation. I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about what I want to do as an actor and a performer mm-hmm. and what kind of a performer I want to be and the kind of shows I want to do. And that's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite song from Wicked to perform? Uh... Well, it depends a little bit because I, I got to go on for Nessa Rose fewer times than I went on for Glinda. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it was always, it always felt like the first time with Nessa Rose. Mm-hmm. Plus you get to use the wheelchair. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you a really funny story about that too. I'll tell you that coming up. <laughs> Lots of funny stories about that show. <laughs> so it was, that was the, at the beginning of act two, when, um, when Nessa can walk again and she mm-hmm. stands up and she sings the, the Wicked Witch of the East, that reprise. Yeah. I always really enjoyed doing that because she's very emotional in that moment. She's mm-hmm. feeling so many feelings. Um, and it's such a different part from the rest of the show that I always really enjoyed. <laughs> I always really enjoyed doing that. I, I find that I like playing characters who are like very, very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had a lot going on, and I really enjoyed playing that role. Everyone likes doing popular. I like doing popular. I mm-hmm. love making people laugh. I loved doing loathing. That was super duper fun. Um, I love singing loathing. That's super fun. But um, yeah, the one that really kind of made me feel alive and, and twinkle a little bit was that reprise because I got to do it so few times, so it felt new and for the first time mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. yeah. So now, kind of going on, what some we if mishaps that's happened with wicked oh (laughs) well there's there's lots of mishaps um but i'll tell you the funny story if you want to hear about the first time that i went on for both of my understudy roles do you want to hear that totally this is a crazy good story ready (laughs) yeah so I had been doing my ensemble track. I started in December, the day after Christmas, mm-hmm. and um, I got trained to do Galinda first. Yeah. Um, so I've been at understudy rehearsals, and I had had my put in. And once you have your put in, everybody just kind of comes up to you in the wings and goes, "Any day now, you're <laughs> gonna go on any day now." And you're like, Shh, "Stop, stop making me nervous," you know. Mm-hmm. But I was ready to go, and on a Tuesday, uh, we. On a Tuesday, well, I, yeah, anyway, backing up. On a Tuesday, I got a phone call from our stage manager and said, hey, listen, we have a problem. Like, okay. Um, the girl who's playing Nessa is out tonight, mm-hmm. and the understudy is also sick. And I know you haven't finished learning Nessa Rose yet, but you need to be Nessa tonight. So... I ran over to the theater. I only lived like 15 or 20 minute walk from the theater. This was at Mm -hmm. like noon. I got this telephone call. So Mm -hmm. I run over to the theater and they put me in the chair and they showed me where to go and gave me the little marks. And I did the song and I went on and I was like, wow, I I can't believe I just did that. I knew it. And I performed it. Wow. Feeling so much better. And he goes, uh, you're actually, you're, you're not done yet you're on for Galinda tomorrow for the first time as well yeah brain (laughs) explosion uh and it was going to be a two-show day it was a two-show Wednesday so I went on for a totally different role for the first time less than 24 hours later (laughs) (laughs) and went on as Galinda and then I then they were like well you're doing it again tonight because it's two shows on Wednesday so I debuted both of my understudy roles in the same 24 hours. One of them I had not been taught, and the other one I had been waiting for for a couple of weeks. And that's why I'm so glad my parents lived nearby, <laughs> because you better believe I called them. And I was like, Mom, I'm in the show tonight and tomorrow in two different parts. Um, <laughs> 
I was so nervous. There was so much going on. Like I couldn't even eat. Uh, and then when I finished the second show as Glinda that night, I ate an entire quart of mint chocolate chip ice cream because that's the right thing to do. Definitely. <laughs> De- definitely. Um, but that was, that's crazy. And that's, that's like our, that's like this crazy business that I'm in. You never, you never can tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now kind of moving on to another one of your shows that I wanted to talk about. Would you be sure. comfortable talking about Wonderland? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so how did you get your audition for Wonderland? (laughs) This is another one of these, it's Thanksgiving time, and you're supposed to go home for Thanksgiving, (laughs) just like Wicked, and they're calling you, and... um, and they're saying, are you available? <laughs> it happened again. So what happened is I auditioned for Wonderland initially a couple, like before, and I, I didn't get a call back. And I was like, okay, cool. That one's not for me. Mm-hmm. And um, the day before I was supposed to leave to go home for Thanksgiving, I got a phone call that someone had dropped out at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And they were going to start could you come? It was either like tomorrow or the next, you know, like that afternoon. I think I had like a day's notice or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that was their first day of rehearsal too. Um, Like their first like cast meet and greet. And there's 20 of us girls in the hall with our (laughs) books ready to sing to audition to be in the show. It was very nerve wracking. But um, so yeah, they were casting a role on the first day of their of rehearsal. And could you come with your book and not, you don't have to sing anything from the show, just sing anything you've got out of your book, mm-hmm. out of your repertoire book. You yeah. know what I mean when, when mm-hmm. they say that? Cool. Gotcha. So, Actually, uh, wait, yeah. I just got feedback that people want me to explain even though I know. So could you explain it? A repertoire book. So as a performer, as a musical theater actor, you have a bunch of songs that you feel really good singing, that you know you sound good singing, and that really show you off. I keep them in a binder, mm-hmm. um, and that becomes something called your repertoire book. So when you come in, when I come into an audition, I bring my book, yeah. and it's got my headshots in it, and it's got all my music and all my cuts and all my resumes. And then if they ask you to bring something specific, you bring that in as well. But a repertoire book is kind of like your musical resume, mm-hmm. your music music resume. Um, so I'm basically sitting there with my resume in my hands, <laughs> <laughs> auditioning for this Broadway show. And they would bring one girl in at a time, and they would either ask her to stay or ask her to leave. Yeah. And so that's pretty intimidating. <laughs> you'd be like, you'd be like, hi, or everybody's so nice, you know. Mm-hmm. It's 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 hard. And I've had this before to be told you can go home now and see people still sitting there. Mm-hmm. So everybody, everybody went away except me and this one other girl. And they brought me in one more time. And I was like, they were like, cool, wait in the hall. But it was only one other girl. So I put on my boots. I was like leaving. I took off my high heels because I was auditioning in high heels. And I took them off. I put on my boots to walk home outside. And she came out. And instead of sitting and waiting, she got in the elevator. And she went mm-hmm. home. And I was still sitting in the hall in my boots. And I said, Kate, can you come in here one more time? And I said, do you want me to change my shoes? Because I'm like, they said, no, 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 it's okay, come on in. So I came on in, and the gentleman who was the director was standing with the writers and the music people around the table, and I came in the room, and, I, and he turned around, and he said, we want you to do the show. Can you start tomorrow, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m.? <laughs> so that's how I got the offer to be in a Broadway show. <laughs> um, and I said, I kind of, I think I fell on the floor and probably cried a little bit because it was very emotional. And I 
got home and I called my mom and I said, mom, I can't come home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and she said, why, why now? And I'm like, cause I booked a Broadway show. <laughs> um, and that's literally how it happens sometimes. I mean, I'm sure you've talked to people that's, it just, sometimes it's nothing, nothing, nothing. And then something pops up crazy like that overnight. <laughs> it was, um, but I feel like I was, then that was a gift given to me. I was supposed to be there for that process. And I made so many cool, funny, smart, creative friends doing that show. One of my, some of my best friends are still from that, from that show. Yeah. One thing that I think is really amazing. Well, not amazing per se, but like really unique about it is how they made Mad Hatter a girl. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. And they made the hair the hair, uh, the, 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 the hair, the Mad Hatter and the hair, it was mm-hmm. a guy. And so when, so when they hired me, they didn't exactly know what they were going to do with me as far as understudies. They knew what they wanted for me to do the, in the ensemble, and they knew they needed a woman who could sing a mm-hmm. certain way to be utilized as understudies. Yeah. And I'm really proud of the work that the ensemble created for this show because it was so wacky and innovative and and different and I'm really glad that I was where I was supposed to be because the creators noticed the work that I was doing Mm -hmm. I wasn't supposed to be there and all of a sudden I showed up and was this totally different creative entity (laughs) and they were paying attention to what I was putting into it and one day the director called me in and I was like, Oh, I'm either fired or he's going to tell me what my, what my um, understudy assignment is going to be. They finally decided. And he said, I want you to understudy the hair. And I was like, the, the part played by a guy, <laughs> my friend, my friend, Danny styles played the genie in, mm-hmm. um, in Aladdin at Disneyland for years. And I was like, Danny and I are, totally different people. He said, I just think you're funny and quirky. And I think it would be fun to have a girl understudy the role, Mm -hmm. not just another man. And I was like, I like you. Thanks for noticing. Thanks for noticing what I do. And, um, I actually ended up understudying the, the, the Mad Hatter as well. Um, and I never got to go on for any of these parts because Wonderland only lasted 33 performances, but I was really, proud of that work um, and thought it was really cool. The director was like, I think it would be fun to see someone different in that role. And I, I think you'd be good at it. What do you think was your favorite part about being in Wonderland? My favorite part about being in Wonderland is the fact that the people that I was in the show with worked so hard every night because we were in previews, um, you know, getting changing the show and that kind of stuff. The what the way that the show started when previews began was completely different when previews ended and the show officially opened on Broadway. Mm-hmm. We had a ninety-three page script, and one day somebody came in with a new script, and seventy-five out of the ninety-three pages were totally different. Wow. Yeah. Now they were, they were cool. And they said, okay, we're only going to do like 30 pages a day. So let's start Mm -hmm. from the beginning. Um, and we had great leadership of a woman named Janet Decal, who is an angel on earth was our Alice. And she was just so cool about 
making it, she's like, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make this the best that it can be. Mm-hmm. And I am dedicated to that. Um, she, cause that's a lot of material to, to think about. Wow. I got to learn a whole new show. Mm-hmm. And we all just came together and said, we want this show to be the best that it can possibly be. And everybody worked so hard every single night to go out there and put on a good show and a good performance and to get themselves pumped up or in character. Um, I, I was, I'm really proud of that group of, to be part of that group of people. Yeah. What yeah. do you think was the most challenging part about Wonder? The most challenging part about it is putting up a brand new musical. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it doesn't just come from one brain. You know what I mean? It's a director, it's a writer, it's a choreographer, it's music people all trying to go after the same thing at the same time, trying to make the same thing happen. And that's hard coming from different people's brains. Um, and that's sometimes what, come, what gets in the way of, of any great show is there's, it's, it's hard to collaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we found that collaboration was hard. I think we found that um, the Marriott Marquis, the theater that we in we were in, was probably a little bit too big for our show because mm-hmm. we can't put the tushies in the seats, then we can't sell the tickets, and the people yeah. can't come. Um, and also because Alice in Wonderland is such a, an endeared story, people feel so close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard for different people to be telling their own version of the story, but all come together. Mm-hmm. That's probably what was hard about it. Yeah, one note I had is you've been in the Marriott Marquis Theater more than once. I have been in the Marriott Marquis Theater two times. I made my Broadway debut in the Marriott Marquis Theater mm-hmm. doing a show called The Drowsy Chaperone. I was a vacation swing, so not just mm-hmm. a swing, a vacation swing. Um, and there's a guy that works at the door at the Marriott Marquis Theater, and his name is Ray. And Ray is the best. Ray remembers you. He takes care of you. And he, um, he has people's headshots up in the downstairs. So when you come in, he'll be like, hey, your headshot's still here. Or he's one of the people that you, you stop by and you knock on the door just to say hi to Ray. Mm-hmm. That's special. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. And so what what has been one like notable performance or like one notable show that you remember doing and you're like, "Oh, that was a good one." Oh, uh, a, a show that I liked doing? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, there's actually so many, but I'm I'm probably going to choose the very last show that I just did. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the year last year, I did a production of The Sound of Music at the Oslo Repertory Theater in Sarasota, mm-hmm. Florida. And I, uh, Josh Rhodes directed it. I've worked with Josh Rhodes four times. He actually helped cast me in Drowsy Chaperone on Broadway all those years ago because he was the assistant to the director. And now he's a full-blown Josh, Josh Rhodes, famous Broadway director. Mm-hmm. He's also the best human. And when I saw that he was going to be involved in doing The Sound of Music, I said, I want to do what Josh is doing. (laughs) I really want to be in that show. Then my sister did this thing called Get Engaged. And (laughs) 
I saw that she was planning to have her wedding in the middle of the run of this show. Mm-hmm. And I said, there's no way they're going to let me off mm-hmm. to, for, for my sister's wedding. It's one or the other. And I wrote to casting and I said, I really am interested in this project. I just need like four days off because my sister's getting married and I have to be there. I will be there. No, no question about it. And uh, I said, is that a deal breaker? And they said, no, I don't think so. Why don't you come in and we'll just take it from there one day at a time. And I said, cool. And I went in for the audition and it went really well. And Josh called me back for Mm -hmm. another audition. And I came in and I I think I did a pretty good callback. And um, they offered me the part. And I said, but what about my sister's wedding? And they said, don't worry about it. We'll have somebody go on for you and you can be part of your family celebration and not miss out on this great opportunity. And that was the nicest, kindest thing because you know, in this business, when you do eight shows a week of something, you miss a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. You miss birthdays, you miss holidays. You don't, maybe you don't see your family as much if you live far away from them. And I've been in the business for 21 years now. And that is the first time someone has said, I think your family should be more important than this. And we still want you to be here with us having this creative experience because we respect you and we want you to be here. So Mm -hmm. you can have your cake and eat it too. My my wedding cake. Um, As far as the Sound of Music production, I think it was, I like to say it's the best production of the Sound of Music that was ever, ever done. And like I said earlier on, I grew up listening and watching The Sound of Music. Mm -hmm. And when you see the stage show of The Sound of Music, it's actually very, in some ways, very different from Mm -hmm. the movie. Particularly the part that I played, which is Elsa Schrader, who is the the fancy older woman who comes to marry the captain. They're engaged, Mm -hmm. or they're about to be engaged. And in the movie, she's depicted as being very kind of acerbic and sour mm-hmm. and like evil stepmommy. Um, yeah. And in the play, she's actually very different. And Josh allowed me to lean into that. And she and Maria had this friendship in our show, this, this friendship or, or bond or just this mutual mm-hmm. Respect. respect. Yeah. Um, and I just said, I'm so glad that in 2019, we don't have to cater to like two, two women fighting over the same men, man mm-hmm. kind of situation. Um, because that really wasn't what the show is about. You know, it's about, it's about, it's about finding your, it's about finding your dream. It's about listening to what mm-hmm. the world is, is telling you. Um, and I just had such a great time looking at the character through a different lens mm-hmm. and humanizing her and people coming up to me afterwards and go, I like her. I didn't expect to like her. I, I almost wanted her to end up with the captain, um, <laughs> which makes that a whole new watching experience for them too. You know, it made it exciting for them. I was really proud of that. Yeah. Mm. So one thing that I wanted to ask is, do you ever see yourself like, or have you ever like taught classes about musical theater? I have definitely taught classes about musical theater. I am now um, coaching with this cool company called About Artists, Artists Mm -hmm. and Beyond About Artists. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I haven't had enough 
caffeine and I'm drinking iced tea right now. Um, it's artists and beyond artists and beyond.com. And, um, I'm doing virtual coachings now. I've also taught classes to kids. Um, I've taught classes, uh, in on camera as mm-hmm. well, um, to little, little kids, which is an interesting experience <laughs> how to be an on camera actor when you're like nine. Um, but I really like, um, I really like teaching kids your age. I like high school kids and college kids. Um, and, um, we always find such cool, creative things. And I think that what gets in the way sometimes for people is they think, they think that being an actor is just about talent. And I don't think it is. I think it's about being prepared. Mm -hmm. I think it's about technique, not just your acting technique, but how you audition in the room, how you present yourself, how you prepare for an audition. And I think it's about personality too, how you walk into the room and if people like you and they want to talk to you um, because people want to work with people that are like, oh, I like that person. I think I want to hang out with them for six hours a day in the rehearsal room kind of situation. And I think all those things are so much, maybe even more so exponentially important than talent because at some point in New York on Broadway, everybody's talented. That's why they're there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I, what I preach and, and teach is making sure you feel good as you. And mm-hmm. then we're going to come up with some really good stuff that's nuanced to who you are and your mm-hmm. interpretation of your song or your monologue. You know, we're singing about vanilla ice cream. You know, that song vanilla ice cream from she loves me. It's a great oh, yeah. song. Yeah. So if we're singing about vanilla ice cream. The way you feel about vanilla ice cream is way different from the way that I do, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and for example, they talk about in that song, George, as a, a man in the play, my little puppy's name is George, actually. <laughs> so I have a completely different feeling about the, the name and the word George mm-hmm. than you may. Um, and all those things contribute to your acting and your song interpretation. Um, so that's what I like to work on with people. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, what, kind of adding on to about that, yeah. what is like a piece of advice or... Um, yeah, a piece of advice that you'd give to an act, aspiring actor or actress. Absolutely. Stay in class. Mm-hmm. Keep learning. And keep experiencing life. Because who we are and what we experience in life as actors, as actors, we're kind of holding up a mirror to life and humanity. And the more things that you experience, the more things you have to, to draw from. I call it your actor well. Mm-hmm. So I make a little well and I say, have you ever like fallen down and, and like scraped your knee? Yeah. And you come on stage and you fall down or something. You know how that hurts? And then I go, mm-hmm. oh, I do know how that feels like. Or, you know, if were you ever picked last for sports or something and you remember mm-hmm. how that feels, you go, okay, I know, I know what disappointment or maybe being embarrassed or confused feels like because I had that experience. But without having those experiences, then you can't add them to your acting and you can't make it real, you know? Mm-hmm. So I say, excuse me, keep learning, keep, um, keep experiencing life. And I know for people, especially in New York, living is expensive mm-hmm. there to begin with. But I'm always in class 
because I learn from watching other people do really good work. It makes me better. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I'm always in class. So don't, uh, I think it's something that pays you back. You know, they don't want to spend the $100 to take the class. I always end up making $100 because I went to class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy like that. So keep experiencing and keep learning. Yeah. Well, I think that's all the stuff we need. Thank you so much for coming. No problem. Thanks for having me. I'm so honored that you would want to talk to me. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm really glad you came. I'm really glad you invited me. I feel so special. What a cool thing you're doing. I can't believe you're doing a podcast. (laughs) You're 11. That's the coolest thing. Yeah. And if you haven't, if you know anyone who might be interested, send them over my way. And Absolutely. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I hope you stay safe as well as your family. You too. And honey. have a nice day. You too. Have fun with your rocks. I'm so Thanks. excited for you to enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. too. Okay. Bye. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. It was super fun, and I hope you had fun and are leaving inspired like I hope you always do. Thanks for listening to the interview with Kate LaPress, and I'll see you later.